Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're giving our review of episode one from the book of Boba Fett. And as we continue to say goodbye to 2021, we take a look back and give our top ten of best comedy movies of the year. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out today at pondex.com and use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. So without further ado, let's dive right into The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 1. For a while now, December has been Star Wars time. With the movie slate wiped clean, the holiday season premiere is a smaller scale the Book of Boba Fett, which already feels faded for a more niche audience than its affiliated, I guess, cousin, the Mandalorian, trading in the more universal story of an orphan warrior and his adopted baby for an introduction tied up in a whole host of other Star Wars lore. The Book of Boba Fett's competently crafted first episode feels like half a story. Stranger in a Strange Land, Boba Fett, and Fennec Shan start to secure their hold on Crime Lord Jabba the Hutt's former territory. Conflict between the two simmers as Fennec advocates that a more violent rule guarantees a stable transition, while Fett works by a code of honor that excludes torture or killing to send a message. No, this isn't the much colder Fett we met in the original trilogy, but he is scarred by the past. Fett still needs medical treatment for his escape from the acid-filled Sarlacc pit, which provides some framing for flashbacks to his childhood and recent history. 
In the present, a visit to introduce themselves to the local criminals is interrupted by ninja-like assassins who Fett and Fennec narrowly defeat. It's a fight that sends Fett right back into the back to tank for one last flashback to his time with the Tusken Raiders, leading to an abrupt cut to credits. And it, it's an episode that almost doesn't have a plot, and certainly not a conclusion. That said, there's clearly a lot of potential in this era. The Book of Boba Fett takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and just after the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. The Republic, including Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa, are working on rebuilding their government. Tatooine, though, isn't part of it. Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, is four years old. There are decades between this show and the sequel trilogy, which means it can maintain the feeling in the original trilogy light while pulling on strings from a half dozen pieces of tie-in media. So far, it's maintained a little bit of the Mandalorian's universality simply by not defining its timeline. On Tatooine, after all, the events of the wider galaxy don't really matter. It's worth noting that the, first, that the episode, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau, sets itself apart with its understated diversity. Morrison draws on his Maori heritage for the character's fighting style, and when is neither sexualized nor portrayed as exotic. These are low bars that Star Wars has gotten better at clearing lately. But in a franchise with the history of femme fatales and lifting concepts directly from other cultures, the very neutrality is notable. Despite the actors gamely working through dialogue that is itself often pared down and whispered in secret, the central relationship feels underdeveloped, but bursting with potential in classic Star Wars fashion. Both Morrison and Wen perform admirably and look great, but the episodes of numerous flashbacks often get in the way of developing the central relationship, which already hints of complexity. Fennec feels indebted to Fett because he saved her from what would otherwise have been a deadly wound, but the episode also implies that she would do things differently if she were the crime lord. It's clear that she enjoys the power that comes with being Fett's right hand, but ultimately they're hard-hearted colleagues. Part of why the episode feels like it's half-finished is because the conflict between Fett and Fennec hasn't ramped up. From what we've seen so far, life on Tatooine is hard. Honor among thieves exists, but it's a rough honor. It's still far, far up in the air whether Boba or Fennec's strategy is more likely to work. Maybe the episode would have felt more complete had those lines been drawn a bit more. But I'm torn on how much good will to give Star Wars shows that thrill mostly because of recognition. Hey, is that the Lars Outpost? No? And questions about what will happen next week. Where to draw the line between this looks lavishly produced and there's a story here to tell. Made using a highly impressive LED dome to cast digital images around practical sets. The settings are alternately beautifully metallic or painterly. The action lacks clarity, not lingering it long enough to show off the actor's good work. A rooftop chase <clears throat> uses its space better than a street fight does, providing the thrill of a good obstacle course. And the music by Ludwig Goranson, apologies for saying his name wrong, is distinct, varied, and even a little catchy. Along with a versatile theme motif for Boba, the score also includes vocals this time around. Mandalorian also started out playing by the rule of cool before bringing in more thematic elements of parenthood, the 
religion, interplanetary politics, and there's nothing wrong with Rule of Cool either when it works. There's geeky pleasure in seeing the insides of the Sarlacc pit with its goop and its heartbeat, but in other places, the cool doesn't land. This episode of the big fight sequence isn't actually the one with the assassins. It's a battle between a six-legged sand monster and Fett that looks weightless and goofy, retro without the charm. Other moments are more grounded. Look at the chain dragging along through the sand, or the opening shots of Oba in the back of the tank, reminiscent of Darth Vader, but containing a man determined to not rule by fear. That first scene makes a powerful opening statement in a conversation about how Star Wars talks about bodies and assistive devices that don't really follow through. I was skeptical of the beginning of The Mandalorian 2, which I ended up adoring. It'll be interesting to see how Stranger in a Strange Land looks in retrospect. But for now, the fact that it seems to lean on Easter eggs over plot is a bad sign for a beautifully realized new Star Wars show. So I'm going to give this episode um, two and a half out of five stars. And before we dive into the top 10 comedy movies of 2021, we'd like to announce the secret word of the day or the week for this episode is Boba Fett. Make sure you're writing these down. And if you're the first person to email me at Larry at cinema gold.com with all five words, you can win a pair of Raycon earbuds. And now let's get into the top 10 comedy movies of 2021. In 2021, a year after the COVID pandemic started, everyone was looking for a reason to continue to have hope and laugh. And as theaters reopened globally, comedy films gave a reason to come out and laugh in front of the big screen again. Movies that were supposed to be released years ago saw the light of day. All new ones unexpectedly stole the hearts of moviegoers. The range of films that came out this year was wide, ranging from stale dad jokes to the romantic comedy beefed up into something new for the 2020s. Some might have found some solace in Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch and its quirky visual storytelling, or a classic Ron Reynolds or John Cena movie that brings characters known and love back. Whatever one's taste is, they could have found something for them. But these are the best comedy movies that made me laugh in 2021. Starting with number 10, Vacation Friends. 2021 wouldn't be the same if the world wasn't graced with Vacation Friends. Or any other John Cena movie, for that matter. A couple Marcus and Emily, Emily are on vacation to Mexico. When Marcus's plan to propose to her goes awry. He decides to propose in a hotel lobby where they meet another couple, Cena and Meredith Hagner, who seem a little too carefree and wild. Vacation Friends manages to turn a buddy comedy film into something with substance. Its characters are fleshed out, and it has an actual storyline that's surprisingly good. The movie also offers the perfect mix of comedy and seriousness, enhanced by the outstanding performances by its actors. Which I do have to give credit to John Cena, which I wouldn't put him as one of the best actors compared to, like, wrestlers turned to actors like um, The Rock. I feel like The Rock does a much better job at acting, but Scene is getting a little better over the time. Number nine, probably one of the most controversial movies I've seen people talk about over the last week or so, is Don't Look Up. And I actually enjoyed it. It was entertaining. 
and it really made you think. As the world slowly seems to run around us, Don't Look Up is an escape that almost makes anyone forget it's based on reality. The movie boasts what may be the ensemble cast of the year. It has Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, and many more familiar faces. Lawrence is an astronomy student who discovers a comet that's going to hit the Earth and kill everyone. And with her professor, played by DiCaprio, she tries to warn the government and media to stop what's coming. The strength of the humor in the film lies in its political satire. The roadblocks that Lawrence and DiCaprio face are a corrupt government, the pervasive nature of social media and constructed news, capitalism, and a divided society on exactly is and isn't real. Number eight. This took actually took me a long time to actually watch because I forgot all about it when the trailers were released. But bad trip. Each year, the movie world remembers hidden cameras can either have one or two results. And poorly turn out or turn out good. Bad trip is an example of it going well. Two best friends decide to take a road trip to New York City to rediscover a high school crush. The catch here is that they decided to steal a car belonging to an ex-convict sister. She gets upset and then she decides to hunt them down after discovering her car is gone. Bad trip is a cousin to Borat, although it's less political inclined and wonderfully relies on the strangers who've been unknowingly starring in a movie. Number seven, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Two middle-aged Midwestern women have decided they've had enough for Nebraska. They're going to leave and go on vacation for the first time. And naturally, they've chosen to go to Florida. But everything starts to go south when a native to the area, traumatized by childhood bullying over pale skin, decides to concoct an evil plan to kill everyone. Barbara Starr go to Vista Del Mar is unapologetic about what it's about and doesn't take itself seriously. As these two white women escape from the doldrums from everyday life, their lives seem almost too perfect in the hotel, complete with musical numbers by the staff. No cliche villain will ruin this vacation, and viewers are given the perfect amount of comedy for quality entertainment. Number six, Red Rocket. The Florida Project's director, Sean Baker, returned in 2021 with Red Rocket. It's a comedy drama about a former porn star who has very few redeeming qualities. He chases the American dream and leaves his former life behind to return to his hometown in Texas. However, he's extremely unlikable, his ex-wife wants nothing to do with him, and his shamelessness is hilarious to watch. Some might think that this man has some redeeming qualities, but as the movie progresses, it shows he has a one-dimensional personality. And the viewer begins to root against him and his exploits. Number five, Love Hard. Romantic comedy movies have discovered dating apps, which has led screenwriters down an entirely new rabbit hole. Love Hard is a product of that new obsession. A dating column writer is a serial dater she uses all of her dating app adventures for her writing endeavors. She finds what could be the one on the other side of the country. However, when she comes to meet him for Christmas, she finds out that she's been catfished. It's a funny movie, but it also has some wholesome moments. It teaches that appearances aren't everything when it comes to finding true love, nor is it intentional at the end of the day. Number four, Ghostbusters Afterlife. The most recent installment in the Ghostbusters series, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is set 32 years after the events of Ghostbusters 2. 
Egon Spengler, one of the original members of the Ghostbusters, has left his farm to his daughter and her two children. There, the children discover the equipment used by their grandfather and accidentally let loose a ghost, leading to catastrophic events. While this is a Ghostbusters film, it holds up respectfully to its predecessors while managing to sneak a few jokes in here and there. All in all, it's an enjoyable movie that breathes life into a classic series. And definitely way better than the female reboot of Ghostbusters. Number three, North Hollywood. Named after a neighborhood in Los Angeles, this movie is a coming-of-age story about a young man who has a decision to make. He can follow the footsteps and dreams paved out for him by his father, or he can follow his dreams of becoming a professional skater. Its premise is simple, but allows the story to develop and flow realistically. Solid performances, visually appearing cinematography, and well-timed comedic scenes made this film an unforgettable and touching experience. And before we get to number two, uh, we'd like to remind you to hit that subscribe button, give us a like, and if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support will help the channel grow, um, bring in new um, bring in new and better content. We can hire um, some hosts, bring in new shows, watch new shows, create new shows. All in all, just help make the show podcast even better but number two it was a tough to really this could have been considered in the top comedy movie of the year but one more took it took it down a notch ron reynolds is back with number two free guy he showed up ready to serve one of the most entertaining performances of the year guy is a non-playable character in a video game just trying to live his best life he doesn't know that he's in a video game and works as a bank teller. When someone from the outside world tries to get his intention, the world, as he knows, is turned upside down forever. Free Guy is a chaotic but fun ride, an experience that feels like a homage to its non-comedic action movie predecessors like The Matrix. Strangely heartwarming, Free Guy is worth, worthy of seeing at least once. I personally have seen it multiple times. And finally, number one, Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza does not disappoint. 15-year-old Gary Valentine, Cooper Huffman, has asked out 25-year-old Alana Kane, leading to an on-off dance of whether they're a couple or not. It's yet another coming-of-age story. But there's something intimate about Licorice Pizza. It seems almost like a play or musical visually unfolding on the screen. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.